Mark and Dan. Mark and Dan. Podcast. Mark and Dan. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Mark and Dan Meets World. I'm Dan Brown. And I'm Risky Mark Mackay. Risky Mark Mackay, how are you doing today, my brother? I'm doing excellent, man. So the last time we did this, uh, post to watch another episode, and you end up watching Risky Business instead. Remember, dude, the mouse let us down, man. You can't trust the mouse. The mouse let us down. You got Mickey. You got Minnie. You got Pluto. And they all let us down, man. I went on a whole 45-minute rant. So I got to ask you, Dan, did you make an effort to watch the proper episode? Effort is my middle name. Oh, that makes sense because it begins with F. (laughs) (laughs) If you guys have not caught on, this episode is Season 1, Episode 16, Risky Business. Like Mark said, the mouse will let you down if you're watching it on Disney+. Plus. You're going to have to do a little skipping around. They they played this episode what two or three episodes beforehand for no reason yeah no it explanation. was i think on disney plus they had it at like episode 12 or 13 or something when it's episode you know, 16 yeah exactly what i do to look at what episodes we're gonna do is there's like a boy meets world wiki where they have like a lot of stuff and they have like the episodes in order that's what i have been going by and it has like the dates if anybody's listening they want to watch along with us don't trust disney plus just go on Google. Just do a quick Google. Find out what next episode. Speaking of Disney, the Disney Plus description is Corey and Sean risk money on a horse race. That does encapsulate m- most of the episode. Yeah. I mean, by that description, I, I know what episode they're talking about. But to somebody who's never watched it or watched it once, they're not going to remember or know what <laughs> this episode's about. No, if you watched it once and you watched it its first time being played, that means you watched it on February 11th, 1994. It got 7.8 out of 10 with 170 votes. But yeah, this was, I thought this was a fun episode. I remember this episode very clearly as a child. I remember watching it again as a, as a teenager and all the countless times I've watched it as an adult too. Yeah, this was a really fun episode. Well, if you, if you guys out there, if you don't really quite remember exactly what happened in the episode, uh, like Mark said, this was the one where Corey and Sean are betting on horses. They What Disney Plus does not explain is why they're betting on horses, because there's an a, a investment project in Mr. Feeney's class. Uh, we see that Topanga and Minkus are, are coupled together and their company's doing well. And we see Feeney call Corey and Sean up to the beginning of the class. or (laughs) He calls Corey and Sean up to the front of the class. And using Minkus and Topanga's grid. Like, they they didn't switch grids. It's it's literally their grid. He just took a marker across and did a straight line. Yeah. Didn't even take, like, a dry erase and kind of, like, wipe it down. Like, oh, let me start anew with our new grid. It just went straight across. And I love how Minkus calls him out and how they didn't even start the project. And Feeney's like, you don't say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Have, all right. So they clearly weren't prepared in this where they're like, we got no losses. We got no gains. We're saying straight, straight and narrow. We haven't hired anyone or fired anyone. Yeah. 
have you been in like sub like they clearly weren't prepared to do this presentation yet uh because it wasn't due yet have you had this ever happened to you yes it has it hasn't been an investment project but i remember i was in my uh my ninth grade freshman english class and it was a student teacher at the time so it was somebody who was going to grad school Mm -hmm. this is the same guy a few episodes ago i told you that failed me on my i want to be a pro wrestler when i grow up paper oh yeah that guy so it's this guy so we were supposed to do a project on animal farm do you remember reading that book it was about yes. the cold war yes uh george orwell yes i believe yes. so i uh, so each person in the class got a different part of the project and we were supposed to relate that to what was going on during the cold war mm -hmm. so he gave us this project to do and we had to go stand in front of the class and give a presentation and just out of nowhere, he goes, okay, I want to see what your research is like two weeks before the paper was due. And yeah. he would have us go up in front of class in front of the class and explain our research so far. Half the class was not prepared. I was somewhat prepared for this. Okay. And I was assigned the, the, the Russian Orthodox church. That's okay. what I was assigned the Russian Orthodox church. And I said, oh, well, this is associated with the Raven because the Raven is the one who comes with good news. And he told me, great job. Keep um, keep working. I'm excited to see what it is. This motherfucker didn't tell me that I was way off the fucking mark. <laughs> <laughs> the Russian Orthodox Church was supposed to be like the barn and how like <laughs> how the communists took over the Russian Orthodox Church. Yeah. <laughs> the, the pigs took over the barn. And yeah. like, like, well, the church wasn't like some holy place to <laughs> to to congregate. Yeah. So in my and after I read the book, so we finished reading the book that day. Like there was only like a couple chapters or uh, like a chapter left or a few paragraphs. Of it, I don't remember. We finished reading it. We had to give the presentation. I went up there and he's looking at me like I'm a dumb shit. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I turn in the paper and I do my presentation. I'm able to change it somewhat and be like no the the barn represents the russian orthodox church and kind of the raven too because the raven also talked about church things uh <laughs> so he he graded the paper and he gave it back to me he was like well your presentation was totally different than your paper and i was like because you made me think i was doing the right fucking thing on the paper uh, <laughs> what an asshole oh it was such a dick move <laughs> that's like saying like hey what is Batman about? Like, oh, uh, Batman, uh, he's he's this guy from Krypton. He comes down and he has all these superpowers and he fights he goes, things. It's morphin' time. Yeah, and then they're like, no, that's not what. You're like, yeah, that's totally what Batman's about. And then you like read the Batman comics, you watch the movies, and then you're like, oh, what the fuck? That's not what Batman's about. What a dick! Like, what an asshole! He purposely misled you. Kind of like what the mouse does under Disney Plus description. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, is your teacher running Disney Plus? I think he is. We I, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Let me get my tinfoil hat and let's start this conspiracy theory. So this is the crazy thing I thought about this project, though, too. After the class, Minkus and Topanga are out in the hallway and there's a face off between Minkus, Corey and Sean. And they make a bet to who will have the more successful business. It's a fictional project. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what, 
what dumb shit is failing their business in a fictional project? Yeah, I. So this one always was a head scratcher to me because they're like, oh, this is our business. Like it could be anything. Like you could be selling chairs, you could be selling apples, whatever the fuck. I think if it's a fictional business, you're always gonna do well. Like who's gonna say like, oh no, our economy crashed. Like, yeah. Like like Mr. Feeney should have. Maybe he did. I don't know. Like hand them like randomly hand them cards, like kind of like the game of life. We're just like, oh, here's your business. Here's a problem. Now you have to solve that in your business. And if you fail it, uh, your business is starting to fail and lose money. Like everybody's going to like win. Yeah, but that's like you said, that's part of the problem is that if there were those rules, we weren't told that in the episode. Yeah. And I just make up any reason. Like if we were selling chairs, like you said, it was like our business really took off after I had Mark go and burn down Levin furniture. Yeah. <laughs> so these people only had one other place to go. Yeah. So, I mean, according to Mr. Feeney, our podcast is the number one podcast in the world. <laughs> based purely off of you and I. Yeah. <laughs> On this podcast project, Cong- congratulations, Mark. We have beat out Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> Take that, Joe Rogan. Yeah. Take off, Chris Jericho. Congratulations <laughs> being the number two. Hey, everybody. Are you enjoying Mark and Dan Meets World? You do? Then there's a really good chance that you also like comic books. If that's the case, then you need to check out Dan Brown and Heyman Save Christmas. Yes, the co-hosts of this show and my best friend, comedian Dan Brown, wrote his very own comic book series. You're going to get lost in the action comedy of the terrorist attack at the North Pole. And a comedian who has to save his beloved holiday with his trustful St. Bernard. Check it out. Get the whole series. Read all three books. Read them again if you want. That's at danbrowncomedy.com. That's danbrowncomedy.com. But I do like what what they did. Like this was totally a little boy's idea, but a little boy who's kind of jaded, like Sean, and yeah. was like, "What if we bet on a horse?" Yeah, I mean, oh. Sean lives in a. It's my my. Sorry, Wednesday's kind of knocking oh, things okay. over. <laughs> sorry, but I was like, oh, I hear something. Okay, yeah. My my Chihuahua is sitting on my lap, <laughs> knocking things over. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Sean lives in a trailer park, so like betting on horses is probably like an everyday thing for people out there. And I love how Corey and and Sean are listening to the radio. They're listening to a horse race and Corey is just going nuts. I remember at your bachelor party, we went to the horse track for a little bit there. Yeah. Um, Did you bet anything when you went? I think I bet 40 bucks in total. Okay. So my friend uh, Joan and I, we knew nothing about gambling and no less about horse races so my buddy jonas he was like oh yeah if you do this you can you can win this and all that stuff and we're like "Uh uh-huh uh-huh he's just saying shit that's going completely over our heads so we're just like yeah how about we just give you 20 dollars and say we trust you and then he was like okay and then like we did it and then of course we all lost so we were just like whatever we were just happy just kicking around but yeah like uh so yeah, what Dan was referring to is like for my bachelor party, uh, my brother took us all to a horse uh, race out here and 
we had we had some pretty fun times there like especially since most of us know nothing about gambling and because we're all a bunch of nerds yeah i i didn't know what i was doing i mean i have an idea i look at the odds and i go okay these are actually pretty good odds but it's a horse race there's no guarantee so i i lost the 40 bucks immediately yeah i mean you knew more than i did (laughs) (laughs) but the boys end up winning they win big they get 99 dollars that's not a bad deal. And this is the first time we see Corey and Sean's secret handshake. Yes, this is amazing. We we got to do this. We got to get a video of us doing this. The Let's try virtually. Ah! I know nobody can actually see what we're doing right yeah. now, but I guarantee you everyone just figured out, like, oh, they're definitely doing the disco part. Yeah. My, my chihuahua just, just got freaked out from oh. us in the slam. <laughs> <laughs> but I love how they go back to the classroom and they admit that they gambled on a horse. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and of course, Mankus is outraged and he goes, call the authorities. It's illegal for, for minors to gamble. And, and but, and, of course they make up their their bullshit reason for why they did it and like oh we're supposed to be adults and yeah. and whatnot and it just makes you think how come everyone in class just didn't follow suit and instead of gambling real money they just said we belt we <laughs> we bet our entire equity on the horse that won yeah and the, and now we're all bajillionaires yeah uh also if there's if there's the lesson is supposed to be about business if the lesson is supposed to be about business, what does horse racing have to do with the business? At yeah, all? that's like, OK, the first episode of The Simpsons where Homer goes to uh, the dog race track just because he like lost all of his money and he's trying to get money to uh, to buy presents for his kids. And then he's bets on Santa's little helper and then loses it. Like, yeah, does that make him a failed businessman? I would think so. Yeah, <laughs> according, according to Boy Meets World. Yeah. But I do love how, you know, they're, they're getting an A on the project at this point, And Corey decides that he wants to gamble more money. So they're in the room and they're listening. Apparently, they were able to listen to a battery radio in the kitchen. Yeah. But in the bedroom, the radio had to be plugged in. Yeah. <laughs> So, of course, the race is going on. Corey is excited. He, they're down the stretch, and the winner is nah. And every horse is something <laughs> nah. Yeah, and then it's like, surprisingly, the horse is named nah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then we find out the boys won $680. Uh, you said you don't know anything about gambling. Um, was the horse track at your bachelor party the first time you ever tried to gamble? Uh, no, I've been to... Before then, I've been to the casino times, but even then, it was just we're in watch pretty colors happen. I, dude, I had no idea what the hell I was doing. Sure, I, I mean, I can, I can whoop ass on like Luigi's Casino in New Super Mario Brothers, but other than that, I know nothing about. You mean when like, real money is in play? <laughs> yeah, if Luigi is not in charge of the cards, I have no idea what's. In five minutes, the sun goes down on the suburbs, and 55 cops with their guns drawn are betting the suburban legends go with it. Sean Manos is Craig Lazenby, Mary Lee Osborne is Jamie Doyle, and introducing Matthew Phillips, 
as Motherfucker Dave. All is fair in love and art. The action begins when they hit the start. Three friends are down to their last resort on making their movie, are now turned to a life of crime to create the budget for their dream to become real. They're making a healthy living by making living unhealthy. Suburban Legends, Life on the Rainbow Road, also starring Haley Madison, Mike Travis, Josh Miller, Calvera Candy, and with a special appearance by Lloyd Kaufman. Suburban Legends, Life on the Rainbow Road. They're not criminals, they're artists. Suburban Legends, Life on the Rainbow Road, an MTV production written and directed by Mark McKay. Children under 17, be advised. Available now at storeenvy.com slash Mark McKay's gimmick table. That's Mark McKay, M-A-C-K-A-Y-E-S, gimmick table. Uh, also in this episode, we're seeing Corey and Sean watch Morgan. Uh, this is also around Valentine's Day. So mom and dad have been leaving notes for each other um, to to meet up at the restaurant where uh, they got engaged at. And Corey and Sean are counting their money and Morgan comes in, um, you know, after Sean is sent out to go get the pizza and Corey has to hide the money and, Corey, and Morgan wants to be entertained. Corey takes another phone call and Lenny Dykstra is over at the, uh, the pizza place. Uh, Morgan doesn't want to go with him, so she locks herself in the bathroom. Corey bets her six cupcakes she can't stay in the house without getting in trouble. Uh, when she takes on that bet, he runs out. Morgan waves bye. She turns on the radio. She dances. She throws the doll. She breaks the window. And then she does the Macaulay Culkin Home Alone scream face. <laughs> Dude, all right. So they went to go get the Lenny Dykstra card signed. Like they got 12 of them signed. Yes. And then they come back and they're like, they're getting more. They're getting worth more now. 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 Cha-ching. Cha-ching. Okay. So I pull up on eBay. What a Lenny Dykstra autographed card is worth now. First thing on eBay. Can I take a can I take a guess first? Go ahead. An autographed Lenny Dykstra baseball card now at most you'll see probably fifteen bucks. Uh ten dollars with three dollars and fifty cent shipping. Okay. <laughs> I mean, not not to bury Lenny Dykstra, but is anybody buying baseball cards nowadays? Like I'm just cycling through four dollars with four dollars shipping. Uh, here's a baseball for twenty five, another one for fifteen, ten, ten, fifteen. Yeah, yeah. The Sorry, only way Corey. baseball cards are worth anything now. Um, you're gonna need, need them either to be autographed or they need to be the jersey cards, or the overwhelming majority cards that are worth something need to be in mint condition. Yeah, anything so, less than mint. You're not you're not getting the price for it. So Corey and Sean made hundred and twenty dollars uh, if they get those cards today. Cha-ching. <laughs> that was that that wasn't even half of what they won in the horse race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they do come home and they see that Morgan's missing and Corey freaks out and he goes uh, he and I, I love how Corey freaks out. He goes outside. He sees Feeney and Feeney goes, calm down, Mr. Matthews. It's just fake money. Yeah. <laughs> completely oblivious. Sister. Yeah. yeah it's my real completely oblivious to everything that's going on. Yeah. Like, clearly, he's not referring to the money. Like, he's yeah. the girl like, oh, no, you're <laughs> it's cool. Your your sister's up up there. Like, she's fine. Don't worry. Like he he just like blew past the fact that 
he's freaking out over the sister. He's like, oh no, your your project. You're clearly yeah. this fucked up weird project is more important to you than your sister. But he does find his sister. And we do see a very special Corey and Morgan moment. And I gotta say, because in season two, they switch Morgans. Yeah. And they don't switch Morgans right away. Like, there's a couple episodes where I think Morgan's not even in the, in the show. Yeah, there's like a pretty long stretch of time where it's there's no Morgan at all. Yeah, and then she comes on the steps and she goes, I was upstairs for a real long time. Yeah. Um, it's clearly a different actress who's clearly older in this situation yeah. here. We really don't see too many Morgan Corey moments yeah. after the season. Yeah, there's very few. That's and this is disappointing. And this is why I like uh, Lindsay Gibson as this Morgan, just because she is really sweet. She does show like a lot of heart and she does is like really like the, the essential TV little sister, especially to who Corey is. She really was. And, and for this first season, I thought she was great. Um, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I thought Lindsay Ridgeway was a great Morgan herself, too. Yeah. I just would have liked to see a little bit more of a brother-sister relationship between Corey and Morgan than what we do get to see in later seasons. Mm -hmm. You know, Corey does decide to take the blame because if he didn't leave the house, none of this would have happened in the first place. And mom and dad come home after not seeing each other all night and dad thinking he went to the wrong place only to find out that mom was the one who was in the wrong because she was proposed to a different time. Yeah, she went to La Bougia. She went to La Bougia, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and and then, I love too, I love too how, how she tells dad the name of the guy who proposed to her. Yeah, Mark Braithwaite. Yeah. Mark Braithwaite, yes. <laughs> Mark Braithwaite? Mark Braithwaite? Who's Mark Braithwaite? <laughs> Actually, Mark Braithwaite is like a really good guy. He, um, there was like a building in on fire and he actually saved like five people and it was like such a heroic act that my mom and dad named me after mark braithwaite everybody that's so that's, nice man that's a, i didn't, that's a I didn't true know story. that was part of the story yeah so i mean alan gave mark braithwaite a you know a lot of shit but mark braithwaite's a really guy really and good unfortunately, guy unfortunately mark braithwaite died in that fire saving all those people he did uh rest in peace <laughs> mark, mark braithwaite, braithwaite. <laughs> uh rest in peace <laughs> Rest in peace, Mark Braithwaite. We, we can't help ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> He's up there with Chauncey. Chauncey Mania still running wild. He's up there with D1 guy. Uh, we love D1 guy. Everybody, well, guy, come on. Topanga's sister. Yeah, Harris. Sean's uh, sister. So they got the whole mix-up of... Uh, Amy and Alan got the whole mix-up of like where they got proposed to. And they said, Alan... Do you remember where Alan actually proposed to Amy. It, it was it was not as classy as sounding as La Bougia. Yeah, it was Phil's grill. So Phil's grill, I, yes. I, I just imagine like them like they have to be they said they got married in like the late seventies. So you figure they like Alan has a huge afro. They're both wearing bell bottoms and they go to Phil's grill and then order you know, hot dogs and, and some jalapeno poppers and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, um, and then he proposes to her. Do you have a story of how you proposed to your wife? Uh, yes, I do. 
So if you got a minute here, yeah, I, uh, I apparently telegraphed my proposal like a mile and a half away. Okay. Um, so Tracy knew it was coming. So I bought the I bought the wedding ring, or I'm sorry, I bought the game. I bought the engagement ring uh, while she was at work, and then that day I went over to go talk to her dad mm-hmm. and asked for permission. And her dad's neighbor came over because he he saw us just in the garage talking, and he was such a, a super sweet, super nice guy. He was a younger guy, um, mm-hmm. but he you know he really enjoyed uh, Tracy's dad's company, and the two of them would do a lot of like. Uh, jobs together like you know cutting down trees um setting up porches you know that kind of stuff he was a great handyman he comes Mm -hmm. over realizes that i was asking for his daughter's hand in marriage yeah so later that day i tell tracy i'm like hey leave this day open on your calendar request it off work whatever you can do let's have a fun day just you and i Mm -hmm. uh so that was about three weeks away and the very next week we're at her parents' house. They want to go get a Christmas tree. We're like, hey, let's go with them. Let's go get a Christmas tree. So we're all in the garage. His neighbor comes over and goes, hey, guys, congratulations. Oh, <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> oh, and he felt like such an asshole. And and Tracy's dad covered for it really quick. He's like, no, no, that was her sister. And so immediately Tracy knew something was going on. Yeah. She knew something was going on from me asking for her to keep a day open. She realized she's being congratulated on something. She didn't um, do yet. Yes. And and then right after we got engaged, uh, I'm going to come back to the engagement here for a second. A couple of days later, he came over with his wife. He was like, dude, I'm so sorry. I hope I didn't ruin anything. And I was like, no, no, it's fine. Uh, Cause his wife called him an asshole too. Uh, <laughs> so we yeah we just had a fun day uh we're from cleveland so we went to the we started off the day at the christmas story house did the tour Mm -hmm. uh then we went ice skating then we went uh we got some dinner Uh, then we drove out to uh the christmas museum out in medina yes this place is amazing yeah and it also has a putt-putt there as well so we played putt-putt um the the top half is the Christmas Museum. The bottom half yeah. is Alien. But, um, we did that, and I had this all pictured in my head. I'm like, okay, so by the time we're done with all of this, it should probably be around 9 o'clock, and it was 5.30. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I asked my buddy Justin um, and his wife, Ann, and I was like, hey, do you think you guys can meet us at this place in Strongsville to take pictures? Um, and they're like, yeah. And I was like, great. It'd be there at nine. And at five 30, I'm like, do you, do you think you can be there at six 30 and I'll just buy an hour of time doing whatever I can. So we meet there at six 30, um, and in the, in Strongsville in, in their downtown region by their city hall, they do this really nice Christmas display set up every single year. Yeah. I was under the impression that during the weekends, this place is just filled to capacity. Mm-hmm. So I parked my car in 10 degree weather in the Joe in the in the Joanne Fabrics parking lot. Yeah. Uh so which is about a half it, a mile walk. Yeah. To this it's a place with plenty of parking. Yeah. It's a pretty <laughs> far walk. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I used to work in uh North Royalton, which is like right next to Strongsville. So I drove to Strongsville all the time. The the you're talking about the town center, correct? Yes. Where they have the whole thing. So how they have it set up, it's this huge like 
winter wonderland of like this amazing lights and stuff. And it looks beautiful. Perfect place for an engagement. And Joanne Fabrics is way down yeah. the street. <laughs> I was just under the impression there was a lot of parking. So, yeah. Uh, but she said yes. Uh, and that's our story. Yeah. What about that's, you? That's amazing. Uh, so, little, I mean, I like how you guys did it like around Christmas, your favorite holiday. I did mine around Halloween, my favorite holiday. This is something we've been like, I, I've been kicking around in my, like, I've been thinking about. Uh, popping the question for months at this point and just trying to figure out the perfect way to do that. We love movies. We love Halloween. So I used to perform in the Rocky Horror Picture Show where if you've never seen it in the theater, uh, they have they play the movie and you shout things at the screen. You throw rice, you, jan- you dance, you sing, you dress up as the characters. Uh, and I used to, and they have the a cast perform the entire movie in front of the crowd with the movie going on. Uh, so I used to do that, and we've at this point we've been going for about six years to Rocky Horror. Like I've been wanting to do this leading up to around Halloween because they have this huge Halloween show at the Cedar Lee Theater. So I kind of kept it quiet, didn't tell anybody that I was going to do this until a week before. And I asked uh, the manager, Kevin, he's in charge of Rocky horror pretty much. So I asked him, I was like, Hey man, I'm going to do this. So for like that entire week, we're trying to figure things out, like how we're going to do it, how we're going to surprise her. And then I told my brother about it a couple days before. And he was like, all right. So then he, he went home, told his wife. And then I told my friend, Joan, and then at that time, Joan didn't like Rocky Horror. So we all dressed up, went down there. And then Jen was like, huh, I wonder why uh, why Joan showed up to Rocky Horror. And then like all of a sudden my brother and his wife showed up. And she's like, why, why are they here too? Like Mark didn't say they were here. So I started getting an idea that she was starting to pick things up. I was like, oh man, I kind of want to push this off as like make it as if like nothing's happening. So how Rocky horror happens, like they read the rules, like, Hey, if you're going to throw things, throw it up and back. Don't throw it straight ahead. They kind of like read these rules. Um, if you're getting out of your seat, watch out for the people running around all, all this stuff. So he reads the rules and then he goes like, all right, enjoy the show. So I wanted to, so I told Kevin, I was like, hey, right before you say play the movie, I want you to like call me out. So during the rules, I'm, I go, hey, I, I got to use the bathroom. I loop around the theater, come around, and then I, I had to go outside and then walk all the way around, have one of the cast members let me into the emergency exit door. I come in and – I like how you bought the ring like three months before three you weeks. Yeah. Three weeks. Okay. My bad. Yeah. So I didn't want to do that because at the time we lived at this like small apartment and I knew if I had an expensive ring, I, I didn't want Jen to go. I don't know anything about ring rings are like cats to me. They all look the same. So, uh, I didn't want to go like, Hey, what size fingers your, what size ring finger do you have? 
what's this? You know, what, what's your style? So I just bought a, like a Walmart generic ring just as like a symbol. And then the next day we went to go get an actual engagement ring. So I wanted to be like pure surprise as much as possible. So back to the night of, so Kevin reads the rules and then he goes like, all right, let's play the movie. And then he starts to walk away and then he goes, hold on one second. Uh, I have somebody here who wants to say something. And then he, then I come out, I grab the mic and I start singing, damn it, Janet. But I changed <laughs> Janet to Jen because if you've seen the movie or know the song, that is where Brad uh, proposes to Janet in the song. Yeah. So I sing the song and then the entire crowd is singing along with her or with me. So I bring her up to the front of the theater and then there's a line in the song where he goes, and here's the ring to prove that I'm no joker. So I pull out the ring, hand it, put it on her finger. The entire place just busts open. Like everybody's <laughs> uh, just awesome. screaming. And then <laughs> You know, she, I said, uh, will you I, I, I'll post a video up there, but I pop the question. She says, yes. And then we hug, we kiss. And then Kev grabs the mic and he goes, this guy's got the biggest dick in the theater tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and then I didn't know this. And Jen didn't know this, but then Kev is like, and they're going to perform in the, in the uh, show tonight, too. And we're like, wait, what? So, so i was just like a nervous wreck leading up to it and this is I, I forgot to mention the fact that it was a halloween show so it was packed like it was sold out for weeks 300 plus people in this theater and then like i was just like nerves shaking like oh crap and then he goes you're gonna have to perform in, in tonight's show and i was like shit and then jen who is not a performer at all who like I at least had doing Rocky horror prior to this. So I knew what I was doing. Jen had no idea. Like she's seen the movie. She was just like, what the fuck? I just got engaged in front of 300 people. Now I have to perform. So like she had to perform the entire night. And uh, dude, that was, it was such a great night where you got to take pictures with the cast and like everybody's so great. Uh, I'll post a video. I, I got a video taken. I'll post a video on our socials too, but yeah, that was, that was an amazing night. That is awesome, man. That is awesome. I do remember seeing the video uh, yeah. the next day posted online. Uh, very cool, man. So we're letting our wives know where we we're putting this on record that we know where we got engaged at you at, uh, the Strongsville Town Center, me at the Cedar Lee Theater. So, Jen, Tracy, if you guys are listening to it, we remember. Now it's up to you. They're not listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we both had some fun engagement stories there. I can't imagine getting engaged at Phil's Grill. Yeah. I, I, I still have no idea. That baffles me that he proposed to her at Phil's Grill. Which leads us to uh, this week's sponsor. Hey, Mark and Dan Meets World listeners. Mark here to ask you, did your dinner last night fail to meet your expectations? Are your dinners constantly tasting like flavorless boogers? The only spice to your dinner is salt? Well, get your thrill and head down the hill at Phil's Grill. 
Try our breaded chicken basket, if you will. Our jalapeno poppers are the size of a horse pill. That'll go perfect with a classic hamburger Brazil. Chill off with the all-new dessert bar, where the chocolate mill spills chocolatey goodness. We have 99-cent refills, all made by our head chef, Bill McGill. That's Phil's Grill, located at the Seville Shrill Plaza. Sounds tasty. Yeah, I, I kind of want to try their jalapeno poppers out. <laughs> I do, too. But in the end, we, we do get to see back at class, Corey and Sean had the most profitable business, which happens when you're a dipshit in class and you can just make up whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> Sean's big advice to the class was give me a horse who can run in the mud. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and Corey said you shouldn't gamble something you can't afford to lose. Yeah. Uh, that also leads us to the Mr. Feeney lesson of the week where the greater the risk, the greater the proposed profit, but you should never gamble with what you're not willing to lose. I mean, this one, they kind of spill it out for you. Um, have you ever had a moment where you've risked something big and then came out on top? Risked something big and came out on top. Off the top of my head, I can't really think of anything. What about you? All right. So when I submitted Suburban Legends to Trauma Dance Detroit, I was kind of hesitant because I know they only accept like two features for their show and then mostly just shorts. So I already knew I had a slim chance, but I was like, whatever. Let me let me just try it off anyway. So I tried it submitted it and then sure enough it got picked up and i was just like oh man this is amazing uh where they're playing it's not that far so my buddy max and i drove down there uh back to our bachelor party he was the one that uh you were teammates with oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. we went in laser tag yes uh yeah we had laser tag at my bachelor party at dan and max one so max and i went down to uh detroit for this for trauma dance and like there was like it was already sold out there's people there and once again i went up on stage and then just kind of talked introduced it and it it got a huge reaction and won like audience award and so like that was like a thing i'm like i I don't know if my movie's up to par with everything else i'm not sure if if i should even take the risk in doing this and embarrassing myself another failed rejection but i was like whatever i'll just bet on myself see what happens did it and it came out pretty well so i definitely side with the mr feeney lesson of the week where greater the risk the greater the proposed profit and that's a great story there man thanks and this was in my opinion a great episode like we said before imdv the voters gave it 7.8 out of 10 i'm gonna round this up to an 8.5 i thought it was just a funny relatable episode as a kid yeah, this was a perfect episode for a kid. Um, even though the actual like lesson didn't really like, I didn't know what the hell Mr. Feeney was trying to do with teaching us business, and we can just make shit up. But hey, whatever. We're still yeah. the number one podcast in the world. Number one, baby. You better believe it. Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> this is the actual Dusty Rhodes telling you guys you listen to mocking damn meat world. Thank you, Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> How's Mark Braithwaite doing? Uh, Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, (laughs) 
But we want to thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Mark and Dan Meets World this week. Make sure you guys tune in next week when we talk about Season 1, Episode 17, The Fugitive. I want to be really... Harrison Ford. Starring Harrison Ford. Well, this one's going to star Ryder Strong and Ben Savage. Oh, yeah. That's kind of like Harrison Ford. (laughs) A little bit, kind of. But I want to thank you guys for listening this week. Make sure you guys are subscribing on Spotify, on Anchor, on Google Podcasts, on Pocket Casts, or wherever else you're listening to us right now. And subscribe on our social medias, Facebook, Mark and Dan Meets World, Instagram, at Mark and Dan Meets World as well. And you're going to see the video of Mark proposing to his wife, Jen, as well. And you know what? I'll throw in a picture, too, of me proposing to Tracy. Cool. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much. For Mark, I'm Dan. We appreciate you guys listening to another episode of Mark and Dan Meets World. We'll see you guys next week. Take care. Do good. Mark and Dan. Mark and Dan. Podcast. Mark and Dan. Meets world.